Welcome back, everyone, to the Six Pennies Podcast. Today, we have a special treat for you. It's myself, Albert, and we have the CEO and founder of Career Startups here in Austin, Texas. I'm going to give him a round of applause. Um, his name is Daniel Lay. He is a you know, long friend of mine, one of my closest friends. And we're going to talk about a bunch of things, including podcasting, coming up with your own business. This is the fourth installment of the Entrepreneur Series. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so it is awesome. I love the city. What made you, you know, I think you were originally located in Chicago. That's right. Um, then moved to Houston and now in Austin. I guess give me a little bit about your background yeah, and absolutely. how you got here. Chicago is where I used to live, the city that I love. Um, and fell in <laughs> love with it. Yeah, <laughs> fell in love with it uh, as soon as I got to the city. And then I fell in love with a person. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, love brought me down to Houston. You put a ring Houston, on it. Texas. I, yeah, I put a ring on it. Okay. So Houston's home of my wife, uh, my beautiful wife, Angela. And uh, so I moved down there probably three or four years ago. It's a great city, super humid. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm from the north, so I don't deal too well with heat. But You're um, just walking through water the entire time. Yeah, it's time. like swimming through the air. Yeah, I got it's you. It's so humid over there. <laughs> but after I started my company, um, started looking around for where I wanted to park career startups permanently and looking around Texas and the different types of cities out there. There's Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and of course, Austin. Yeah. And I think this is a great hub for startups, a lot of great tech stuff going on. Um, so I just thought it would be a great place to move career startups and start networking and kind of building the company in a cool city that I'd be proud of living in. Before we dive into what exactly is career startups, um, so I've known you for a long time. I've always known that you had this entrepreneurial spirit. You've, you've always, you never want to work for someone else. You always want to be <laughs> your own boss. That's, that's been, you know, very prominent since the first day I met you. Mm -hmm. What were you doing in Chicago, first of all? And once you moved to Houston, you got married and all that kind of stuff. When did that transition take place? And how did you know this is what I want to do? Yeah, I think this, like you said, entrepreneurship has always been kind of an itch that I've needed to scratch. But when I was in Chicago, I was doing uh, healthcare IT consulting. And uh, I joined a very small consulting firm. But I remember when I joined that company, in my interview, I told them, that the only reason I'm choosing you guys is because I want to learn how to build and start my own company someday, which I don't recommend people say <laughs> in their interviews. Um, but I think uh, when I said that, that struck a chord with the partners. And the time that I was there, I definitely learned a lot. But I think over time, just knowing that I wanted to run my own company, I think the, the three things that really pushed me was obviously, you know, ambition, I think, is one. Frustration, I think a lot of people can understand that working in the corporate world. But the last part, I think, is an inspiration. And that was really what drove me. I think a lot of people are very purpose-driven. And for me, moving into career startups, I think the education system is, is an industry that is ripe for disruption and something that is going through a transition. And if I could be a part of that change and that transition in any way, I thought that would be something that I'd be not only proud of, but you know, very passionate about as well. Um, so I think those three things really drove me and inspiration being the, the biggest one to, to start my own company. Those, yeah, those are three great that you made I want to piggyback off just to talk about like the how to get where you are today because I'm a consultant myself we have a lot of friends that are consultants whether it's in healthcare or any other industry but there's a lot of people that cross-pollinate if you will in the sure. consultant world absolutely um, I would say the number one thing that I've learned during the last few years is you know relationship building oh absolutely yeah so 
people say, you know, networking is, is how you get your foot in the door and it's the truth. It's the honest God truth. So it doesn't matter how you network. It's just how effective you are in building genuine, long lasting relationships, whether it's friendships or it's, you know, business partnerships. So I can tell you're very personable. I know, I know that <laughs> from you and just knowing, knowing of you and hanging out with you. But what would you give like advice for someone who's not very social? I would say on the surface, a lot of people do think that I'm very sociable and extroverted to a certain extent, but I would say that I'm actually very, very introverted. Okay. You know, having conversations and, and building relationships is actually, wasn't something that I found easy to begin with. But what I've found over time is that you do need to put effort into it. And if you're very shy and you don't know how to approach people, I would say from a tactical standpoint, figuring out who are the people that you want to network with and get to know and actually prepare talking points in advance. So before you have conversations with them, learn about what their interests are, what are their priorities. I used to actually rehearse alone how I would naturally come off talking and asking wow. about talking wow. points because yeah. it was something that I didn't find natural whatsoever. I get super nervous and sweaty when I talk to people, but I'd say just putting myself in those situations more and more, I just got more comfortable with it. But definitely, I think preparation for conversations, if you're super shy, is something that you can work on. And then when you're actually talking with someone, it's actually like giving a performance to a certain extent. Um, the second part of that is just listening. A lot of people out there aren't great listeners. I great think that's, point, yeah. yeah, I think that's something that introverts excel at. Listen to what they're saying, pick up on the you know, little cues of what's frustrating them, what they're nervous about, figuring out, you know, what you can do to help other people or just, just being there and listening through their frustrations. I think is a great way to build connections. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to someone, when you, when you genuinely listen to someone, you're going to have legitimate questions. And it just shows, I know when I have a question to like a client or a boss or whatever, and it's relevant to what he or she's been talking about, they appreciate like, oh my gosh, this person has been listening to me. They understand my issues, my pain points. And um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. So I, I do, before, again, we dive into career startups, I think you have your own podcast, right? I do, yeah. Um, I think one thing that really resonated with me, because I've listened to them all, um, <laughs> was, <you>. the episode, <laughs> was the episode with uh, Joel Whitworth. Yes. And he, I guess he talked about the same things that we just talked about. He, I think he had all like the important contacts he written he wrote down on like an excel spreadsheet yeah his little crm so everywhere that he, every location or every major city that he went to he had like five contacts that he knows that he's going to reach out to like it's very similar to what you just said um you know when you want to build when you want to build your ability to speak your ability to network mm -hmm. um Practice makes perfect. So the fact that you rehearse, yep. <laughs> I'm sure you rehearse in front of the mirror, mess up. Um, but yeah. by, you know, by, by, the time, by the time it rolls around, you're ready to, to rock and roll. Yeah, and actually Joel is someone that I learned a lot from living up in Chicago. When I first moved there, he was one of two people that I knew in the city. And he was definitely one of the most connected people that I've met. And I definitely observed how he talked to people. He has a great laugh, too, mm -hmm. that I think is very disarming. So little things, I think, um, that I've, I've learned and watched from him. You know, he's, he's a great guy, I think, to learn from. So if you haven't listened to the podcast, I'd recommend people go back and 
um, look up Joel Whitworth on career startups. Yeah, it's a that, good one. Yeah, that's uh, that's my shameless plug for your company. <laughs> um, again, this is Six Pennies Podcast doing a joint episode with Career Startups Inc. So Daniel, mm-hmm. you have any questions for me? Yeah, I mean, just going off of what we were just talking about, I know you are someone who is also very good at networking and connecting with people. I've seen you multiple times start talking with someone and then you kind of take them to the side and then you guys go real deep in yeah, conversation. Kind of like last night. So uh, <laughs> Daniel and I, we were out on Rainy Street. Um, I ran into a stranger mm-hmm. and basically he told me his life story. I, I forgot his name, but I right. can tell you that he was married for 10 years. He got divorced. He's with another girl who's like the love of his life. Wow. And he's still pro-marriage and all this kind of stuff. Like we, You're right. We went into very, very yeah. deep conversation. And, mm-hmm. and that's, um, that's the thing I love. I love just learning about the person in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, Is that part of, because I remember listening on another podcast of yours about your purpose in life and about connecting people and helping people find their passion. Can you talk a little bit about how you got there and, and figured that as your purpose or one of your purposes, I guess, in life? Yeah, I, th- I think it's something that I realized a lot later in life. Um, I think in our time, 2018, internet age, social media, there's so much content around us. And our age group, whether it's, I don't know what the millennials are, but let's just say like 40 and below right now, like there's so many creative people that push forward content that I feel like should be appreciated, should be exposed. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I meant by saying, you know, I think my call, one of my callings in life is to connect people and to allow people to, I guess, amplify their voices. For example, our, our last entrepreneur episode was with Michelle V. She's an owner of Tasty Tales Restaurant. But before that, she, lived, she worked in the corporate world at Samsung for like eight years. Um, she had no voice, right? She was just a number in a large company. She decided, hey, my passion is in food. Why not go, go forth with my passion, open up a restaurant, and now she's connecting. Like, um, she's using food to connect her volunteer side. So mm-hmm. she has a nonprofit That's right. that she yeah. caters and all that kind of stuff. So um, stuff like that is amazing, and I think a lot of people are in the same boat. They just don't have an outlet or a person that they can go to. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do with, you know, this podcast, but also like what I do on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm just trying to enhance or help a person grow. Yeah. And in return, it helps me grow. So that's, that's where I'm at. So going back to, I guess, how you connect with people, when you meet someone for the first time and you're just talking with them, are there certain questions that you ask or do you just kind of things just come naturally to you? Or do you have any type of, I guess, framework? Yeah. um, So being an Asian American, Mm -hmm. I think one thing that I'm going to be stereotypical here, Mm -hmm. but one thing that we struggle with is eye contact. When we're talking to even your parents or talking to your wife or your your partner or Uh whoever, Uh um, your coworker, Asian people don't like to make eye contact. Maybe it's their non-confrontational nature. That's something that I've tried to really like work on. Even like mm. in the middle of a conversation, I would be like, I should look at this guy's eyes. Like, you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it shows this amount of respect. It shows that you are paying attention. And so that's, that's rule number one for me. So last night when I was talking to that guy, he might've been drunk, probably. Uh, <laughs> we were on Rainy Street, but he really, I could tell he was really appreciative that I'm engaged with him because right. I'm, I'm looking into I'm looking at his eyes, making <laughs> eye contact, 
And uh, I actually listened to what he said. So for me, having like a certain set of questions or like a template, not really. Mm. Um, I just really go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if, if um, you know, you ask questions that you kind of templated in your mind beforehand, mm. yeah. it kind of shows that you're not genuine. It kind of shows mm. that, okay, this guy is just saying whatever right, right. and not paying attention. Going through a checklist of yeah, questions. And so, yeah. It's not a date, right? So when, <laughs> when you're networking with someone in the business world, that's, that's mm -hmm. my rule is eye contact yep. and then just asking the right questions. Yeah. And that all stems from listening, like you said. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I was prepping for this podcast, I looked at your LinkedIn and you have quite the career path so far. Yeah. And, and that's I, me removing <laughs> a bunch of stuff too recently. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because through career startups, I've talked to a lot of younger, young professionals and people that are just graduating from college. Okay. And I, I hear a lot of, or I sense a lot of anxiety when I talk to them about what they want to do and what they want to, you know, how they want to grow their careers. And I think a lot of them just don't know. So from your perspective, with that context, how have you kind of shaped your career and tried different things because um, I know you have a law degree and MBA yeah. yeah your undergraduate yeah that's that's a great question um, I haven't really told anyone this but basically I was maybe a junior or sophomore in college mm -hmm. um, I was an economics major at the University of California Irvine in Southern California so I was going to school fu uh, full-time and I had two part-time jobs one of that one of those part-time jobs was in a law firm I was basically like a paralegal slash law clerk because I'm drafting all these legal documents, which I shouldn't be, by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to name the, the firm that I worked at, but um, they had like this 19-year-old kid draft out all these legal documents, even serve people, things like that. So I saw like that side of like the day-to-day -day side of, of running a business, but also a legal business. But I was just really interested in it. Um, the partner... Um, his name was Ruben. Um, I was just like immersed into his lifestyle, to be honest. Okay. Um, he what about was, it? He was, he was like a baller, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I remember it was like a Saturday night. He texted me. He was like, hey, can you go to the office and bring like this, I don't know, packet over to my house? Like, yeah, no problem. Because I'm already in the area. So I go into the office, go into his, um, you know, look, office area, get the thing. And he gave me his address. And I, I rode, like I drove to his house and it's literally, so I'm in Southern California. He's living on top of like Beverly Hills and I could tell like he, he's just made of money. Yeah. You know, at the time when you're 19, that's like the goal, right? The oh, end yeah. goal is to be rich and be comfortable. And so when I saw that, I was like, man, I want to be like this guy and I want to use him as my mentor going forward. So he's really the guy that pushed me towards law school. While I was in law school, then I kind of had another pivot internally. I was like, I don't know if I could um, practice law for the rest of my life. And it's not really the, the law part. It's more of the people. So oh. dealing with other lawyers or judges or clients, I feel like it's just a very pretentious world. And I, I don't know if I could live in such a quote unquote fake world. And I'm not calling lawyers fake. So sorry if you guys get offended. It's more of you have to put on a happy face or you have to you know, defend a client that you actually internally don't believe, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of like morals that you have to deal with. Sure. So when I graduated law school, I had, I told myself I had two choices. What are the two most prominent industries in the world right now? Um, one with a law degree. So I was like, okay, the legal profession 
for the medical field. Right. I can't become healthcare. a doctor. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so what can I do in the medical field slash healthcare? Um, and I, I told myself, if I'm going to go to healthcare, I'm going to devote five years of my life to just become an expert in whatever, whatever field I am within, within healthcare. So the first job out of law school, I actually became like an implementation coder. And I've never coded anything in my life. Like, I'm not a developer. Right. And so they taught me, you know, from, from scratch, like really? SQL and database and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, I, I'm, like, reading a lot of books on the side to kind of pick it up myself and watch YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I did that for a year. But, honestly, during that year, I knew I didn't want to Be stay a coder. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to develop. And I just don't have that patience, right? But during that year... Um, and again, this goes back to the point we, we were making before. I networked my ass off. And I made so many connections, whether it's the provider side or the payer side, um, because this company was basically digitalizing, whether it's a hospital or an insurance company, right? So I'm, I'm making connections with doctors, with VPs, with directors, whatever the case may be. And I parlayed that into, you know, HCSE, worked there for a few years. Then now I'm a consultant in the healthcare industry. But the thing is, the, the great thing about my company now is, yes, we focus on healthcare or I focus on healthcare, but I am also exposed to other businesses or other spaces. And so that keeps me interested. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, why don't you talk about who you work for, what company, and, and what do you do for them? Sure. Um, so I work for a company called Bits and Glass. Um, our acronym is BIG, so we just call each other like Biggies. It's headquartered in Canada. Shout out to Canada to you. Um, it's headquartered in Edmonton, and then the U.S. headquarters is in Denver. Yeah, it's a small company. There's you know less than 100 people, so we all kind of know each other. We all wear multiple hats. My line of business really is only like 25 people, so it's even a smaller family. Um, but I'm a consultant for them. Basically, my, my title is a senior manager of the delivery team. So I make sure stuff get done. Yep. <laughs> so whether that's, you know, going in and making sure our team is up to speed or being the liaison between our team versus the client team. And, you know, you know how it is. So there's a lot of interfacing, whether it's internal or external. And just, I just make sure that people are doing their jobs, making sure we hit certain timelines and deadlines. And then if we have any money left over, any hours left over, you know, we take them out to eat, have a good <laughs> time. Go. But that's really it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we were talking before, your company is big fans of remote work or accept that as part of their culture. Uh, what is it like working with a remote team and, and even yourself, you know, mm-hmm. not being in an office where you can interact with people? Great question. Yeah. With with the changing landscape of you know, work, a lot of people are working more remote in general. Companies realize that they're saving a lot more money without having to house someone to go into their office, right? So I think working remotely is becoming more prominent. What I see it as, it's not for everyone because a lot of people still need that exposure with other people or they need to go into the office to kind of get their mind in the way that, okay, the next eight hours is for work. Um, but for me, I, I love working remotely because it allows me to multitask. Um, so I, I love just being able to, for example, the last couple of weeks, I can watch the World Cup. <laughs> I can, you know, take care, babysit my nephew. 
but also work and, mm-hmm. and take meetings on that way. So my, I guess my thing is it's not for everyone, but for me it works out just because I don't need or I don't require to, to see people every day. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm the same way. And I think the, just the landscape for work is changing a lot where working remote and actually allowing people to have lives outside of work and to actually work around their personal life, mm-hmm. I think is something that is not only increasing in the industry, but also something that's becoming an asset for companies. Do you want to start talking about the podcast? Sure, let's do it. Uh, first of all, let's see what time is it. So it's lunchtime. Daniel, are you hungry? I'm super hungry. Actually, now that you're mentioning it, I'm actually very upset because our uh, local crawfish shop, uh, oh, no. yeah, in, in where I live in Houston, uh, closed down. It was one of my favorite spots to go to, just you know, get a bag of crawfish and take it home. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Speaking of crawfish. It's your lucky day because one of our sponsors can take care of that for you. This episode of the Six Pennies Podcast is brought to you by Tasty Tales in Richardson, Texas. The weekend is coming up, and they have Sunday Funday specials. $2 bottled beers, $5 mimosas, $5 sangrias, and $5 Bloody Marys. Again, that's $2 beers, $5 for mimosas, sangrias, and Bloody Marys. And since crawfish season is kind of winding down, they're pushing new stuff out in their menu. One specific item that is amazing, and it's the lobster po' boy. Michelle's been really pushing this lobster tank that she just got, and I tried out her po' boy, and it is amazing. Again, Sunday Funday specials, $2 beers, $5 mimosas, sangrias, Bloody Mary, and check out the lobster po' boy. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast with Daniel Lay, the CEO of Career Startups. We're going to pick it up right where we left off. A lot of people have been asking me about my podcast, and I think a lot of people are starting podcasts now. And it's mm-hmm. actually a really cool way to not, not only get your ideas out there, but to engage with different really cool people and, and learn a lot. So I figured it would be good to just talk to people about what we do, how we set up our podcasts, and sure. just you know, if anyone's curious, it might be something they're interested in. So what's your podcast? And why don't you talk about that a little bit, and then we can get into like the whole breaking down the people process. Yeah, sure. So our podcast is, uh, it comprises of myself, uh, my friend Timmy Chu, who lives in Houston, Texas, and also Jonathan Mock, who also live in Houston. Um, they are both new dads, so they're very busy. We don't really uh, record as much as we used to, um, but we're called the Six Pennies Podcast. A lot of people ask us, what does that mean? Three guys providing their two cents. So that's where you get the six pennies from. Timmy thought of that, I think, so shout out to Timmy. Um, but really what we do is um, we just try to find a designated time in a week, you know, on that week, and hey, do you have an hour block here? Let's talk about this. We throw, it, throw ideas at each other, and I, I do all the recording, and then I do some of the editing. Mock also does some of the editing. But basically, since we are all remote, they call in via Skype, and I just record from my computer at home. and so. For those who haven't listened to any of our podcasts, we talk about, you know, sports, we talk about pop culture. Um, I do want to talk more about, you know, business and and tech and industries and stuff like that. And so we've implemented this new series called the Entrepreneur Series. And uh, today's installment number four, episode number four, but it allows me to talk to, you know, just business owners, independent bosses who decided, hey, working for the man is not for me. And um, that's, it's been really exciting because not only am I talking to my friends about like their passions and career paths and stuff like that, but it's really exposed me to a bunch of other people who are interested 
And so I, I love it. Yeah, what, what I love about your podcast is when I listen to it, it really just sounds like three friends yeah. or two friends, depending who's on the podcast, just sitting around talking. Yeah. I feel like I'm part of your inner group. Yeah. And just listening into your that's conversation. That's what we're trying for, yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool vibe. You talked about the different topics you guys cover. It's sort of like a variety show almost. Yeah. How, how do you come up with topics and how do you coordinate what you're going to talk about? Yeah, so if, you, if I were to share to you our Six Pennies Google Doc, you, you would be privy to like, 500 different topics that we've come up with and we just decide what time is it so let's say the nba finals for example just ended uh for sports i think it's time to do a you know an nba podcast just because everyone's talking about it it's fresh in everyone's minds let's say we have a topic about tom cruise mission impossible is coming out like later this summer so maybe we'll release a Tom Cruise episode around that time because that's when people are exposed to Tom Cruise more than normal. So um, it's really just brainstorming uh, among the three of us, but also throughout our day-to-day work life, whatever we see that we kind of see that we kind of think is interesting, we just log it into our Google Doc and mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. So you have a Google Doc that you all just update regularly together, mm-hmm. and then when you get to when you have a, I guess, a podcast scheduled, then you go in and you choose, you know, three to five topics. That's kind of how yeah, you yeah. Well, we usually one episode is one topic. Oh, okay. So yeah, we we would then extrapolate that topic out, give that its own page, if you will, and kind of have like a, you know, we prep for it. So we have like talking points, we have bullet points, we have, um, hey, who's running it? Which ad are we going to read today? So we like to ha- make sure we have, you know, all of the information prepared. So that, you know, I don't sound like a stumbling <laughs> person who don't really talk. But what's, what's funny is like none of us were trained to be podcasters. We didn't have broadcasting majors or anything like that. It's, it's like you said, it's more of just like three guys getting together and just talking as if we're in the same room mm-hmm. and we're debating about whether Tom Cruise is better than Will Smith or something like that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, what, like about, what about you? Like, how do you come up with your topics and how do you choose who you want to speak to? Because your, your, top, your podcast is a lot more business-centric. Yes, definitely focused uh, specifically on careers and how, you, how people have built it. And a lot of it's just from my own network at this point. But yeah, my process is, I guess, a, it's somewhat organic, but also very structured. <laughs> I'd say it's those two things. I usually talk to people that I've worked with and I kind of know their career and what they've done. Mm-hmm. So at first, you know, choosing who I want on the podcast is usually someone with an interesting story or who's doing really well in the industry. And I think people can learn from. From there, usually I'll ask if they'd be interested in doing the podcast. And usually we'll have a prep conversation. We'll you know, grab a drink or we'll go out to dinner and just talk through their career so that I know just more background, more context, and so I can pull out better questions. Oh, wow, actually... so you wine and dine them before you <laughs> I do, oh, I do. Yeah, so that's a lot of prep work. And then... That's not something we do at Six Pennies Podcast, <laughs> so if you're interested in, in recording an entrepreneur series, um, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, I usually craft out the questions that I want to ask, and I send them in advance so that they have time to prep. Some people don't really care about preparing. Well, not, not that they don't care, but they're just more natural and mm-hmm. they know what they want to say. Some people come with binders and, oh, wow. and you know, they actually have their, their answers written out that they, they want to go through specific talking points. 
So I always give that option for them because mm-hmm. some people aren't, just like you said, as natural on a podcast. So I want to give them as much lead time to prepare as possible. And then after we record, I do the edit. I post it on a hidden part of my website and I give them final approval. So if they, at the end of listening to the final edit, say, I don't want to publish this, then that's it. It's just lost time for me and, her, yeah. and whoever it is. Yeah, it um, happens. But I give them you know, final approval to release it. Okay, um, so that's yeah. the podcasting side so i have two questions for you mm-hmm. a what is the ultimate goal or what are you trying to achieve with this podcast for career startups and then b what is career startups <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i'll start with what is career startups and then i'll All move right. into why um, i'm actually doing a podcast but career startups uh, what we say is we're building the next wave of young professionals we focus specifically on healthcare it right now in the industry there is a gap between the education system and the work world and career startups is trying to figure out um, how to close that gap working with employers as well as the education system i think a lot of the skills to be successful in business or in healthcare it isn't necessarily things that are taught in um, a traditional education program so what we do is we create the training material the mentorship programs And we actually help employers with young talent that is coming out of college run an internship program. We are also a group of consultants. So we go on and actually deliver projects for employers. And as we do that, we help uh, design, develop, and execute and really run their internship program. Got it. So from a 10,000 feet view, if you will, career startups. So you're in communications with the employer. Mm -hmm. You're trying to disrupt or you are disrupting the education system or how we develop and train mm-hmm. new professionals. Are you also in communication with you know, colleges and universities? And, and That is what we're starting to get into right now. Okay, interesting. So we've built up a lot of content and material that we think is very valuable and can really accelerate someone's development in their early stages of their career. We're starting to have conversations, and that's part of why I'm here in Austin, is networking with the big schools here in Texas and developing those relationships. And that actually leads really well into you know, the podcast and what we're trying to do on the media side of the company, which is build up our YouTube channel, um, actually put some of our content and our training out there for people to engage and to use if it's in their classrooms or if it's an individual, you know, just graduated from college, started a job, don't feel like they're getting the coaching or the mentorship that they would like in their company. They can come to career startups and we'll provide that to help them through their early development as a young professional. Just quickly here. So let's say whether you're a VP of a company or you just a new graduate, mm. how do they get in contact with career startups? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say if you're a um, college graduate, uh, the best way is to join our Facebook page. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn page and we put all our updates out there. And also th- just reaching out to us if you email info at careerstartups.com. That will okay. come directly to me. And I would love to you know, talk to you about what um, you're looking for, what your needs are, what you're struggling with as VP or as a college graduate. And hopefully we have something to help fill that gap for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So yeah, that's just a little bit about career startups. But throwing the question back okay. in your court, <laughs> do you have any plans for you know, six pennies? And are you growing that into something more than a podcast? Or Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really hard question to answer, to be honest. I think... Um, you know, myself, Mock, and Timmy started this thing just for fun, really. Um, I think we all had a lot of extra time on our hands. We were bored. We just wanted to, to do something. Of course, we emulated a lot of podcasts that we ourselves listened to, right? And so I think for now, we, we see it as something we just do on the side. 
for fun. Um, but I think like long term or even mid medium future from now, it's like maybe we'll have merchandise. Maybe we'll have additional medias or ad additional outlets for people to go and get exposed to Six, Six Pennies podcast. I think my goal right now, I think the most realistic thing is let's say, let's say I'm talking a lot about the NBA or about basketball. Maybe I can now get credentials and go watch a game with the media or the press. I think that'd be really cool for Six Pennies podcast to kind of experience. Or let's say we talk about, you know, the latest Kanye West album. Maybe the next album that he releases, he wants Six Pennies there to review and talk about it and expose his, his new album, things like that. So it's really, again, just connecting. So whether it, it's for us connecting or for uh, the people who listen or the people who we bring in and participate connecting, I think at the end of the day, it's really just connections and networking and just being able to, to really, like I said, just bring people together. What was your, your most favorite episode? Yeah. Choose, so, choose one. Or, well, let's do top three if you, if you can't choose just one. That's tough. So we, we just went through or we just completed a year of podcasting. Um, in that year, we did, I think, 60 or 65 episodes. I would say I've, I've loved every single one of our entrepreneur episodes because it gives listeners and it gives myself, you know, like a sneak peek into how these business owners think and feel. I think the, the common theme among all of them is passion. And so that's really resonated with me. Like, what can I do to reach for my passions? Or what, what can I do that I'm passionate about that will also, A, make money, right? Because I got to put food on the table. But B, stay happy and feel that I'm like doing something worthwhile in the world. Um, so all of our entrepreneur series episodes. And honestly, I like our when the three of us are on together and we talk about like a movie or a pop culture item, it's hilarious because we, we are all similar in, in the way that we're both, we're all Asian American. We all grew up in Texas. So we have similar ideals and ideas, but when it comes to like, who's the best or what's your favorite or who's your favorite, like we all contrast. Yeah, clashing it's, opinions. Yes, and so, and so I like how we can just jump off each other and, and, and really talk about it, just like a natural conversation. Yeah, it's a good vibe. I, I really like it. It's, it's, it feels like we're sitting around just in your living room having a beer and talking. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Um, I do remember like even for my bachelor party, which you joined, um, I got like 25 guys out to the Pacific Northwest, uh, which is insane now that I think about it. Um, I think one of the mornings, the three of us literally sat in the living room together and recorded a podcast. And I think it was cool to have the vibe and the energy of like 20 other guys yeah. around us. But <laughs> that was a good time. So I do have another question for you. Sure. You asked like, I guess what my ultimate goal or what I envision Six Pennies podcast to be. Mm -hmm. Do you have kind of like a three-year, five-year, 10-year plan for career startups? So I do. I, I, I don't think I go beyond really five years, but you know, I started career startups a year or two years ago, and I gave myself the first two years as just building something. A lot of it was you know, building the right systems and processes for me to build a company beyond just myself. So I'm kind of at the two-year mark right now and moving on to years three and four. And for me, that was where I wanted to break out more into the industry, get my name out there and build the brand a, a lot more, which is why the podcast started this year, mm -hmm. as well as the YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. 
So year three and four is really breaking out into the industry and, and really building the brand. And then I left year five and beyond is to figure out how to scale the business. In the next upcoming years, you'll hear a lot more about career startups and how we're building the company out and definitely hiring people and, and building up um, an actual team. Because I think at this point, I do have enough cash in the bank to be able to do that. Years one and two were really just creating the systems and the setup, but also making sure that I had enough money in the bank to pay you know, salaries. Yeah, that's very interesting. So what I hear is the first two years is kind of like the infrastructure, the plumbing. Years three and four, now you're talking about marketing, sales, advertising, it's a, a different hat that you wear from the first two years. And then the fifth year, you're scaling, so you're thinking expansions and, and stuff like that. So um, how do you get yourself in the mind frame that I am a startup company, I don't have anyone to fall back on, so everything falls back to me. Um, how do you handle that pressure and how do you delegate what needs to be done for that day? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think for a lot of people who are starting a business for the first time, you really don't know what you don't know. But you're right. At the end of the day, everything kind of falls on you. This is probably uh, not the right mindset for everyone because you can go down like a really bad spiral. But I always said it's always my fault. So Mm. if something isn't working out for me, it's not anyone else's fault. It's my fault. So if it's my fault, what can I do to try to improve the situation? And I totally understand that you know, sometimes there's stuff that is not in your control and you definitely need to separate that out. But for me, most of the time is, you know, if I don't like the city I'm living in, that's my fault. If I don't like the job I'm in, that's my fault. If this project isn't going the way that I would like it to, it's my fault. So what can I do now? Now that I, that I put the onus on me, what can I do to, to improve the situation? What can you control? Yeah, exactly. What can I control and what can I do to improve and shift things to the way that I want it to be? So that's been my mentality, I think, throughout my life, Yeah, <laughs> uh, which naturally puts a lot of pressure on myself anyway. But yeah, I think that mindset has allowed me to get through at least the early stages of career startups. You know, one of my biggest fears is actually, as the company grows, I have to grow with it, meaning the person that I am today isn't necessarily the person that I need to be to be successful in the next stage of the company. Yep. So I have to evolve and change and you know, I kind of like who I am and I'm, I'm very comfortable <laughs> right now, but I know I'm going to have to go through growing pains with the company. It's something that I know will happen. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about yourself, your persona and more of the business as- aspect of it, but let's get even more personal. You're married. So how does your wife, Angela, deal with my, my husband is, you know, his own boss. He has his own company, but I don't know where this is going to go. Um, has she been really supportive? Has she been uh, critical? Like, obviously, I know Angela as well, so I can tell that she's very supportive and she's going to back you no matter what. But how do you find that balance? How do you find that fine line? I got incredibly lucky. You know, I married Angela because I I knew she was going to be a great wife and a great mom someday. And she's definitely been an incredible wife throughout this entire process. I think we have a lot of things in common from a values perspective. I'm both raised by tiger moms and she's very hardworking, um, ambitious in her own career as well. But it really is a partnership. So there are days you know, or weeks where I'm on the road and she's alone and she does, definitely doesn't like that, but she understands. Sometimes I have to work all evenings and into the weekend. For everything that's going on, she's very, very understanding. And I think it's you know, part of our upbringing, but she's also a very loving person too. It's, it's good to have someone at home who you know will always love you and always back you up and always be there for you. 
and someone who's on your team, right? So when you're feeling down or she knows what you need in different times, I think that's been huge for you. I'm kind of rambling, but no, no I think, yeah, when you have the right partner in life, anything's possible. Mm. And I hope that I'm just as supportive to her in her career as she is in mine. And I think we both take everything from a long-term perspective as a team. What she wants to do in her career, I always back her up and we'll figure out how to make it work. And she does the same thing for me. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And then I've been doing, or I've been asking the same question with you know, everyone during this entrepreneur series is, um, so you've had career startups now for two years. Can you, I guess, speak on like an anecdote or describe something, the craziest thing that's happened in the last two years that kind of question your you know, faith in terms of, do I really want to do this? Can this be successful? Or just something silly, just whatever you think is the craziest. The craziest thing that's happened since I've started the company. Hmm. I'm struggling with that because I feel like everything so far has been it's gone to plan. It's gone to plan, yeah. So wow. I, I'm a huge planner. Okay. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably, I'm probably not pushing enough. I'm very methodical and I plan and I execute, I think, very well. I think it's one of my strengths. But I would say, I mean, this is really boring, but figuring out taxes okay. <laughs> has been a, uh, very frustrating uh, from my standpoint. So I'm incorporated in Delaware, but I. Uh, live in Texas. Wait, Delaware. Why Delaware? Um, it's just better from a acquisition standpoint. Investment companies are are more geared towards companies. Have you even been in Delaware? No. Okay. Never. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so incorporated out of Delaware, uh, live in Texas, and then I uh, all my clients are in New York. So I actually pay New York taxes as if I'm a resident in New York, which uh, I think is crazy. Yeah. So working through that, I mean, it's it's learning how to do business across states. I think has been something very interesting and, and sometimes frustrating. Um, it's, it's almost like getting permission to work in another country at, in some points. You have to apply uh, to do business in New York. You then have to figure out um, the whole tax situation because it's different. Every state has different state tax. Um, Texas is actually very amicable, I think, to small businesses. I would say one of the biggest pieces of advice is make sure you have a good accountant and a good lawyer and to tell them how you are positioned across the country for them to give you the best advice possible. Got it. So not a crazy story, but I think that's a good piece of no, advice. That's, yeah, that's that's because <laughs> we get a lot of the you know big picture. You need to be passionate. You need to uh, plan things out and stuff like that, which are all true. But you gave us more of a real example of some of the pain point that you that you experience. So taxes and laws um, when you're dealing with interstate businesses. So interesting. Okay. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening to Six Pennies Podcast. Please find us on Facebook at Six Pennies Podcast. You'll also see Career Startups directly linked to their Facebook page as well. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Um, so if you have an iPhone or an Android, we are available. And now if you're driving a Tesla, we are in the native Tesla podcast app, which is called TuneIn. If you have extra time, please give us a review on iTunes and give us five stars. Thanks, guys. <laughs>